Hi, thanks for checking out this message from our River Valley Church family here in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages and inspires you. For more messages, be sure to check out our other podcasts. For more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. We have been in a series where we've been processing through a book. And I, I mentioned this a couple of times. We don't do this very often as a church. Um, we have the book, and I'm very thankful for the book, the Word of God. It's what we're, we steer our lives with and guide and build all of our foundation on. But we're utilizing a book by Dallas Willard called Life Without Lack to help us navigate through some of Scripture. And we've been spending some time um, doing that over these past couple weeks. I'm so grateful that we got to have Bob Sorge with us uh, a few weeks ago. How many of you guys just so enjoyed the time that we got to have with him? That was probably one of the most life-changing words I've heard in a really long time, for me, personally. It was transformative. If you were not here, I would encourage you to go online and listen to that message. Bob is one of my favorite people in the world, and he just loves being here with us. I don't know why. I'm grateful for it, Uh, but man, he sowed an incredible word into our hearts uh, about it not being a tomb, but a womb, the hard things that we're facing in life, right? It's a place of God trying to birth something in your life. So go through the pain, embrace, how many of you guys remember that, embracing the pain, making it your friend? Everybody's like, yeah, no, I forgot that message the minute I left here, come on now. Uh, But it's such a good truth for us. And then Pastor Zach has done such an amazing job of leading us the last two weeks into chapter one and chapter two of this book that we're in with Dallas Wilder, really helping us to explore just some of the things. To, as I was look, reading through my notes this week over the past couple of weeks, two things really stood out to me. The first one from week one was this, what we think about determines our direction. I want you to think about that this morning. You notice how I said that? What you think about determines your direction. In other words, the things that we're meditating on, the things that are in our mind, is determining the direction that we're going in life. Now listen, that can be fear or anxiety, or it can be faith and trust. It can be hope or despair. It's your choice. And I mean that genuinely. It's your choice. Whatever you dwell upon, whatever you meditate on, your life is heading in that direction. We learned that through Scripture as we worked through the, the 23rd Psalm. And then last week, this one, uh, this one wrecked me a little bit as I was processing it this week. It said, we worry because we have not yet received the fullness of God's perfect love in our lives. I want you to think about that this morning. We worry because we have not yet received the fullness of God's perfect love in our lives. How do we know that? It's the song that we sang this morning, right? that His perfect love casts out fear. So as we experience God, as, as Zach took us through last week and just talking about, we talked about what? Four characteristics of God? Four characteristics of God, and each one of those characteristics could be a year-long series that we talked about, just the enormity of that space. My wife's getting ready to do a, a Bible study with some ladies. They're, they're doing a small group, and there's a bunch of you ladies in it. Good for you. Um, there's a small group that's going to be happening on Tuesday nights. Shameless plug, you should go. Um, and they're going to be talking about the attributes of God. 
There is so much about him that we don't know. We don't even have the foggiest clue. But he wants to reveal himself to us. And he does that through all these extraordinary spaces of life. And so I want to encourage you as we are heading into this next phase. So we've, we've talked about the enormity of God. That's the framework by which we're going to process through the next few chapters that we have ahead of us here. And I'm excited to see what God's going to do because he's doing something special in our hearts and lives of the church. I don't know if you sense that, but I want to help you see that this morning. There's something beautiful and special that God is doing in the hearts and lives of this congregation. I want to invite you to lean into that. Maybe you're here this week and you're like, I don't even know what book you're talking about. Uh, it's in the lobby. Feel free to go grab one. I think they're $15. If, if for some reason $15 is a challenge for you right now, no worries. Just let them know, hey, I, I, just, I, I need the book. I want to encourage you to process through this. And one of the things that we challenged you to in processing this book was to take a few minutes and read the 23rd Psalm every time before you open the book and start reading. Now, some of you are probably like, oh, yeah, they did tell us that. I haven't done that once. Can I encourage you today? Put that back in your mind, right? Put that back in your mind. As you open the book to begin to read, I want you to read the 23rd Psalm. Here's, here's the framework of a life without lack. It's God's Word. It's not Dallas Willard's thoughts. It's not my preaching. It's not Zach's preaching. Uh, Pastor Rod's going to be preaching here in a couple weeks. It's not our preaching that's going to help you to experience life without lack. What's going to help you experience a life without lack is seeing the truth of God's Word and bringing it into your life. And that's why we're reading this passage of Scripture over and over and over again. Why? Because we want it to get deep inside of us so that it is not no longer just a, a passage of Scripture that we've heard somebody preach on, but it's a way that we live our lives. Amen? That is our deepest prayer for you. So here's, here's what I'm going to do with us this morning. We're going to read the 23rd Psalm again together. It's going to be up on the screen. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to read it with me as we go through this. Okay, I'm going to turn and we're going to look at the screen. And we're just going to read through this together. Because here's, here's the other thing that we often forget, that the power of our words, the declarations that come out of our mouths are really, really important in this journey of life. And so we're reading the 23rd Psalm, not as if it's something new necessarily to us, but we're asking the Holy Spirit to take it from words that we know into things that we live out in our life. Amen? So we're going to read the 23rd Psalm together. Um, it's going to come up on the screen, I hope. There it is. Okay, you guys ready? So we're going to read this together, and I want you, as you're processing this this morning, and these words are rolling out of your mouth, I just want you to ask the Lord just to, to, to bury them deep in your heart um, so that it would be the very meditation of our heart, right? This is what David prayed. Lord, let your word be the meditation of my heart, right? So here we go. Psalms 23, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Lord, today we pray that that 
declaration, Lord, would be not only the words that come out of our mouth, but the way that we live our lives before you. And Lord, we recognize very clearly today, Lord, we can't do that without you being our shepherd. So Lord, today, we just say, would you shepherd us and lead us? Lord, we surrender to your wisdom. Lord, we surrender to your mercy. God, we surrender to your goodness that is chasing after us, God. Lord, would you lead us through your word today as we grow and learn together. In Jesus' name, amen. This week as we've been processing through chapter 3 is what we're in. Um, We'll get to the title of it here in a second. I learned something very quickly as I processed through this book many years ago um, that there is no way in the world that you can unpack everything that's in these chapters. It's like an unfolding revelation that God is constantly trying to draw you into. And what He may be speaking to me might be a little bit different than what He's speaking to you. And that's the beautiful thing about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And as I was working through the truths um, that are are housed in this chapter, what I learned uh, just in my own journey and process is that there's some foundational things that we need in this space of really understanding of who God is and who we are and how He's working in our lives. And there's just some core foundational things that He laid out a little bit for us in this chapter. So today as we process through it, we're going to process through, uh, just like Pastor Zach's been doing, a couple questions that are going to trigger some things in our our hearts and minds. And here's what I want to tell you. I know sometimes people are like, why do you guys make us talk to each other? It's so rude. And here's what I want to help you to understand, and we believe this firmly here at River Valley, that the Word of God is not meant just to be listened to. It's not meant to just be taught to us. It's meant to be processed together. And sometimes we just need to engage our minds and our hearts in a little bit different way. And one of the best ways that we can do that is through just a little bit of discussion. It gets our mind out of consumer mode and gets us into, ooh, what what is this speaking to me today? And so that's why we invite you into these moments. The other part is, and I'll say this shamelessly, we want you to get to know a few of the people that are around you. They're really nice, for the most part. And so we take these moments in our services, not to just waste 90 seconds, but to really begin to process a little bit or to prepare our hearts and minds for the things that God might want to speak to us this morning. So here's what we're going to do. Here's your first question for the day. You guys ready? Some of you are looking at, you're, you're like throwing daggers at me. I can just feel it right now. Uh, here's your first question. You get 90 seconds to do this in, okay? And you're going to talk about it with your neighbor. If you don't have somebody maybe sitting next to you, it's okay to get up and move across the aisle and have a conversation with. David and I have been hanging out for the last couple weeks processing this together, and I don't sit by David. Usually I sit by my beautiful wife. Not that you're not beautiful, David. She's just more beautiful. Um, But I want to encourage you, find somebody, okay? Take, Take a moment and just find somebody around. Here's the question. Here's the question. Why are there people on earth? Now, that may ring a bell for some of you that actually read the chapter this week. Why are there people on earth? Okay? You got 90 seconds. Go. That means you got to talk to somebody. Here we go. There you go. Hey, for those of you that are joining us online, I want you to take a moment and just think about this question. Maybe shoot a text to somebody. Maybe somebody who's not even watching today's message. Take a moment and maybe, maybe shoot a text to somebody. And, and get some feedback from somebody else on why there are people on earth. We'll be back in, in just a moment. Sitting around me, pain is in me, stress is on me. But I gotta keep looking up, tears are streaming. 
Yeah, plenty of time. 45 seconds left. We're halfway there. Why are there people on earth? And I will not fear. Some may say that they found another way, but my eyes are on you, and I will not move from the heel, the heel, heel. Coming up on 15 seconds here. Yeah. Wrap up your conversation if you can. I know it's hard to do. crowding, people doubting. But I gotta keep looking up, ground is shaking. All right, all right. Let me bring you back in here. That's the hardest part of this, is getting you back. All right, so what did we come up with? Somebody, somebody give me, maybe your, the person you were talking with had, had a good one. Um, what, what do we got? Ooh. Ooh, she must have read the book. She's cheating. I can tell already. Okay, she said we, we were created to bring God glory. What else? What, what other things did you guys come up with? Relationship. I like it. Good, good. What else? Other thoughts? To make disciples. So true. Created by God for that specific purpose. Naya, yeah. Because he's bored and lonely. Hey. Are you saying God's bored and lonely? <laughs> Got to be careful, Richard's theology over here. Sometimes it can get a little wild and crazy. Come on now. Anybody else? One more. One more. Back, Alonzo. Help and encourage one another. That's awesome. And I think, you know, as our conversations would progress, if we spent a little bit more time, there's, there's a lot of these things that kind of stir on us. I don't know about you, but this is, a, this is a good question. Because humanity wrestles with this all the time. Think about the world that we live in and, and what people are, why are we here? Why do we exist? It's this this cosmic question that's out there everywhere you go, every self-help book that you read, uh, all the spaces of, of, of society is always asking this question, right? And so I, here's what I want to do. I want us to do what we always do, and we're, we're going we're to go back to what Zach says is the most important place. We're going to go back to the beginning, right? And so when we look through Scripture, we're going to go back to this place in Genesis, and Genesis gives us the account of God's creation, right? It's the beginning of humanity. Whether you believe in the Word of God or not, whether you believe in the validity of it or not, I just want you to know it's true. Um, and in fact, it is the most historically documented, accurate book that is on the planet today. If you don't believe me, go out and do a little research around it. It's incredible, okay? The accuracy of the Word of God is phenomenal. So we're not going to necessarily debate that this morning. We're going to go back and we're going to look at the beginning and see what God's Word uh, gives us um, in, in the description. And when we think back into Genesis 1 and 2, we're seeing the creation of the earth. And, and God did all kinds of incredible things, right? God created the sun, moon, and stars. God created the firmament, which is, is basically the atmosphere around the earth. He created light. He separated light and darkness. Um, we see all kinds of plants and animals and sea life that He created. And in the end of each one of those spaces, what did God say about what He created? Anybody remember? It's good. It's good. So I, I just want to make this declaration to you this morning that what God makes is good in every way, shape, and form. God didn't look at what He created in the earth and go, mm, it's okay. That's not God. That's not how He builds things. 
When God creates, it is just good, like in every way, shape, and form. And the beauty of that is that as we look at creation and we look at all the things that surround us in this world, it causes us to go, hmm, there's got to be a God. I don't know if you've spent time with people who are wrestling with the realities of God in their life or not, but they oftentimes like to go to nature. I love being out in nature, but I love being out in nature because I believe that there's a God that created it all. And I can see his beautiful handprints on every, fingerprints on every, every part of it. But a lot of people are wrestling with these places of God, and they oftentimes go to out the outdoors to have these spiritual moments of enlightenment in these spaces. And what's happening in those moments? Let me help you with what's happening. They're seeing the handiwork of God, and they're going, there has to be something bigger than me. There has to be something that organized this and created this. And nobody ever wants to, if, you, if you're not a believer in God, nobody ever wants to say, well, God did it, Right? But without question, that is the process that every human heart is going through when we see the creation that surrounds us. Many years ago, I had the opportunity uh, to, to be with a friend in Australia. I was about 20, I don't know, something. So it was just a few years ago. Um, and while we were there, um, his, his name is Gary, an amazing friend of mine. Um, Gary was like, Tim, I've always wanted to scuba dive. What do you think? You want to go do it? And I'm 20 years old, and I like doing everything, so I'm like, yeah, let's do that, right? So we took it up a couple days, and they, you know, in, in Australia, you got to go to a swimming pool to learn to get your kind of initial training when it comes to diving. And then they take you out on a three-day trip out onto the Great Barrier Reef. Now, for those of you that don't know, know what the Great Barrier Reef is, it's just really big. Let me, let me put it this way. Let me, let me put it in context for you, and we're going to throw a few pictures, but not yet. Here, here's, here's what the Great Barrier Reef looks like. It is, uh, is the world's largest and most diverse ecosystem on the planet. Think about that just for a moment. Composed of over 2,900 individual reefs, 9,000 islands stretch over 2,300 kilometers, so 1,400 miles long, over an area of approximately 34,440 square kilometers, which is 133,000 Listen to this, square miles. Now, for a farm boy from Idaho who had snorkeled in the Boise River and enjoyed doing that, when we got out onto the Great Barrier Reef, it's just out on the ocean. So you're just kind of like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is going to be fun and great. And I remember the very first day that we were out there, we were just kind of checking things out. We got our gear on. We were all getting ready to go into the water. Um, and, and I remember thinking in my mind, this is going to be fun. Like, I'm, I'm really looking for. I've seen pictures and all of this kind of stuff, and I was really looking forward to it. And I remember when you go and dive and you step off of a boat. So I remember stepping off a boat and dropping in the water, and I hit the water, and there's bubbles and everything going around you. And then all of a sudden, I opened up my eyes, and I had a spiritual moment. It was one of those moments in life that I am marked for forever. When I opened my eyes up, it was literally like I had gone to a different planet. The beauty and the colors and the variety of fish, and it was, it was incredible. Like, I, I, I could not believe. My brain was trying to take all of this information in, and I just couldn't. Like, I was just sitting there floating in the water, mostly sinking in the water, um, and just taking all of this in, and I could not. I was seeing colors that I had never seen before in my life, and I thought I had seen some beautiful things. Love the mountains of Idaho, seen lots of things in the world. But underwater, around the Great Barrier Reef, it was like transforming to me. 
And as I processed through that moment, and Gary and I talked about it at the, kind of, the end of our trip, it was so magnificent entering into a world that I didn't even know existed prior to that moment. I had heard about it. I'd just never seen it or experienced it. And as we think about this wonder of God's creation, I, I, I was reminded, and Gary and I were just laughing, like, this Great Barrier Reef thing is just one of the spaces that God created on this planet with beauty and splendor. Things, and here, here's the funny thing. I was thinking about this morning. In the world that we live in and the products that we consume, how many of those products are trying to replicate what God created just in the beauty of His nature? I want you to think about every scent, smell, typically that we are trying to reproduce to make our houses smell better, always has to do with something. Spring rain, fresh pine, right? All of those things. And yet God, in His infinite capacity, created all of those things just by a spoken word. And when we think about that, God looked at all of these things and He said, man, this is good. You know what my favorite part about that is? When God was creating and He was creating the universe and all of the things that are around us, the wonder of the Great Barrier Reef, all of those things, they were good. But what did God speak about man when he created him? He said, this is very good. I want you to look in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry around the ground. I don't know why the detail of that was in there, but I guess God likes small animals. Verse 27, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. We don't have to have a discussion about it. It says it right there. He created them. I want you to think about this. That all the wonder and beauty and splendor of what God had created... He created mankind in His image. It doesn't say that He made a platypus in His image. It doesn't say that He made the wonderful ponderosa pine in His image. It doesn't say that He made the Great Barrier Reef in His image. It says that He made you and me in His image. I want you to think about it. And then it goes on to say that when God looked at man, He said, oh, this is very, very good. God gave humanity charge over the earth. And remember our question today is, why are there human beings? Why are there people on earth? God gave humanity charge over the earth, an assignment we are still working on today, listen to me, whether we believe in God or not. When humanity has forgotten or ignored God, we see that our assignment, and that is to rule and reign over the earth, right? To subdue it and to be fruitful and multiply um, the, the, that oftentimes when we've, we've forgotten God or ignore God, we see that our assignment has not gone very well. Can we see that in the world that is around us? The responsibility of humanity to be responsible and to steward and to take, when we don't do that well, we don't have to look far to see the harm that brings to not only the world that we live in, but the people that we are around. Nonetheless, we were designed perfectly by God for the, uh, for the assignment that He's given us, to be fruitful and to multiply, to have dominion over the earth. Out of all of creation, God made humankind, listen to me, 
the centerpiece of his creation. My kids say it this way to me all the time, and I think it's an appropriate statement when we're talking about how God views us. Here's their statement, I'm just built different. When you think about your life, and you think about why is humanity here, and why why are we different, you're just built different. You're built different than your pets at home. You're built different than the creation that is around you. You're built for a very specific purpose by God to live in His image and to walk out the assignment that He's given us, and that is the stewardship of everything that is around us in this life. And God did something very unique with humanity that He didn't do with anything. The the Word of God tells us that He breathed the breath of life into it, the pneuma of God, this reality of God Himself breathing life into us. How many of you know that God does not breathe? Some of you are like, oh, He's God. He's spirit. He does not breathe. He is everywhere. He is in everything. That's just who He is, His very nature and character. But what it means is that God put the breath of life. He started the little ticker in our heart, put breath into our lungs, and bam, there was life on this earth. And the beautiful thing about what God put in humanity that's different than everything else was His spirit. It lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. His spirit he put inside of you because, listen to me, he wanted relationship with you. We do not see anywhere in Scripture where we see God communing with an animal. We don't see anywhere in Scripture where we see God communing with what he created in nature. He didn't create relationship in those spaces. He created relationship with humanity, you and me. That's the distinctive between why you are here and why everything else is on this planet. God wanted relationship with you. He didn't need relationship with you. He wanted relationship with you. Dallas Willard says it like this, His Spirit... That's what makes human beings unique and what gives us our special value. This is what makes each of us unique, and the uniqueness allows us to relate to God and participate in His governing of the earth. Did you catch that? That uniqueness is what allows us to participate with God in what He created all of this for. goes on to say here that God put us here to partner with Him in the good that He has created and to continue to bring that good in every space of His creation. Remember, when God created, He said, it's good. And He invited us to be with Him, to walk with Him, to be like Him, for His Spirit to be in us so that we could participate, listen, to bringing good into the world that is around us. In other words, we are purveyors of good in every atmosphere that we are involved in in life. That is the ultimate that God designed humanity to understand and to live in, is that through relationship with Him, we get to be partakers and producers, bringers of the goodness of God into every space of life. Come on, I want you to think about that this morning. Jesus even proclaimed this. He made this declaration 
in the Sermon on the Mount, literally the longest sermon ever preached. I know some of you think that happens here every Sunday, but it's not. Matthew 5.16, Jesus says this, In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your what? Good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. What is all of this about? All of this goodness that God's created, all of this goodness that He wants to create and dispense through you, it's all about God receiving the glory for what He's done. If you ever wonder why you're here, if you ever wonder why humanity is here, I just want to make it easy for you this morning. It's to display the glory of God through the good works that He's called us to. And those good works are poured out in every space of life, in every fact. We're going to actually talk about that here in a second. We were created to demonstrate good works that ultimately, listen, glorify God. I want you to think about your life, all the ways that you spend your time, your money, your effort, the breath that is in your lungs, all of those things God gave to you to be a partner with Him to create good in the world that is around us and to bring glory to His name. We were made to glorify God with how we live, how we work, how we serve, and how we pray. To bring good into the world in all that we do. Come on, that's a powerful revelation for us this morning. Because oftentimes when we look at our lives and we think about our lives, we're like, I don't know if I'm bringing anything good into the world today. I think what I'm bringing is a bad attitude, right? We experience this oftentimes in our lives, and the Lord is trying to help us to bring some context around why are you here? Why am I here? It's not just to take up 70-some years or 80 years on this earth and to consume whatever I consume, can consume. He's put us here from the beginning of creation that we would bring good into the world through His Spirit that is at work in our life, in every aspect of your life. So here's what we're going to do. I, wanna, I want us to take a little bit of a shift here because I want us to unpack one of these words that was spoken in here. So you're going to get 90 seconds here again. Everybody ready? Come on, take a big deep breath. You can do it one more time. This is the last time today, I promise. Okay, here's your question. 90 seconds. Tell your neighbor what work is. What work is. Tell your neighbor what work is. So let's, let's discuss work in relationship with another. Ready? You got 90 seconds. Go for it. Come on now. Ooh, I see lots of scratching of heads and tapping of chins. What is work? Hey, for those of you that are joining us online, I want to bring you to this moment here. I want you to think about how, how you define work around your life, around the things that you're doing, the way that you invest your time and energy. I want you to think about how you would define work in your life. And again, maybe text somebody your thoughts about it and see what they might get back to you. We'll be back in just a second. But I will look to the hill and I will not fear no some may say that they found another way but my eyes are on you Halfway there. You got 40, 40 seconds. On the hill there's a cross On the cross there is blood for me Come on, dig into it a little bit. Don't just give the simple answer. Let's dig in just a moment. What is work? Work. 
about 15 seconds to finish up. Two seconds left. All right, now as we finish up, tell that person thank you for being in conversation with you today. Come on now, maybe your spouse. It's all right. All right. So let's bring it back in here. Work. I need a couple of you real quickly because we got to get moving this morning. A couple of you real quickly. What were some of the things that you described work as? What is work? Action. Okay. What? Labor. Labor. Okay. Labor. That's good. What else? Really? <laughs> all of that talking and that's what we came up with. Stewardship. Okay. Stewarding. Yeah, Sam. Ooh, gold. See, that's a smart guy right there. Gold-directed construction, right? Hmm? Working with God. I like that. Tim. Ooh, effort to achieve a goal. Okay, yeah. Ooh, I like it. Okay, obedience to God. Yeah. Energy into something. That's huge. Say that again. Four times. Did. All right, now we're getting to it. Tim Machigan's over here going, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Yes, come on. So when we think about work and we think about this space, can I, can I be honest this morning? Most of us, when we say the word work, it's a four-letter word. And I'm not talking W-R-K. I'm talking like a four-letter word that you get your mouth washed out with soap for, right? Like we, when we think about work, most of us are not like uber excited about that. We, and we live in a culture, and I, I just want to put this out there for us to, to press through this morning. It's a tension that we need to work through. We, work, we live in a culture where work has been devalued and even demonized. Work is something that we avoid at all costs. Almost everyone I talk to is looking for a way to get out of work, right? To find a way not to work. And that's just kind of the, the nature of the culture that we're in. I want you to think about the advertisements that come at you. I want you to think about the conversations that you have with people in your workplace and environment. I want you to, parents, think about the conversations that you have with your children about a chore. I want you to think about this in nature of the world that we live in, right? Because the world that we live in is constantly attacking this place of work and making us feel like we, we need to do everything that we can to get away from work. To find an easier way, to find all, all that. And, and here's, here's what I want to tell you this morning. I believe that's an intentional attack of the devil. To get us to despise, listen to me, something that God created for us to find fulfillment and community in. Here's the reality of how the devil works. Anything that God created with intent for your good, the devil wants to come and turn it and make you think about it as a bad thing. I could throw out all kinds of fun words like discipline, correction, right? All these rhythms that we put into our... And the world around us is constantly trying to tell us those are bad things. Work, bad thing. Vacation, good. Work, bad. And yet when we look at the intent of why God created humanity, it's the complete opposite. We see through Scripture that God made work 
as a fundamental structure of love in the kingdom of God. Something that is meant to bring people together in loving community with mutual benefit and support. It's the good things that that were created. It's where we share our gifts and our talents. It's where we see a lot of what you guys were talking about, these things being invested in each other's life. And the scripture says that work is good. And yet we wrestle with that in our minds all of the time. Your work, your business, the space that you invest your time is an opportunity for, listen, for you to bring good into each one of those environments by the design of God. Every space that you're in, it's not where you earn a paycheck. It's where you bring good into the world that's around you. I've had people ask me over the years why our missions trips are so successful or why these, these environments that we engage into of these in, in very intentional environments of going and spending your own money, going to environments that are often not very clean and not very comfortable with food that is oftentimes marginal, unless you go to Mexico with us and then we eat really good food, right into environments that that most of us would never choose to go into, like intentionally. We come to the end of days on our missions trips or these opportunities that we go out and do things in community and life together, and we are never talking about all the pain, struggle, dirt, mess, kids peeing on our shoes, like all kinds of weirds. None of those things are what we're talking about. We're crying together and we're laughing together because we're grateful that we got to be there together. And you work harder in those moments, I promise you, than the everyday spaces of your life. And yet we are the most fulfilled, most joy-filled. Like when we go lay our heads down on the pillows every night, it is like, ah, that's a day. Why? Because we're engaging in the very thing that God created us to function in. And we have a mindset, a perspective about it, because you have weird people like me on a trip going, look at what God gave us the opportunity to do today. Look at look, people that you would have never even had a conversation with back here in our normal everyday life in your church community and family. You now see them totally differently when you're in those missions environments. When you, when you do a project with somebody here in the United States and you go to somebody's house and you serve with them and, or maybe you're helping somebody move or you're, you're doing a project at their house and fixing some things, there's something that you learn about those people in that moment that was so different than what you thought about them prior. Why is that? Because we're engaging in our design by God. We're leaning into these moments and it's transforming us. Listen, Work is not bad. Work is good when we understand this very simple truth. Work is the expending of energy to produce good in various forms and ways. I want you to think about this. Work, doing dishes, mowing lawns, whatever your vocation is, training children, walking with them, all of the things that we expend our life. Let me send that. All of the things that you invest your time in, because this life is a stewardship responsibility for us, 
All of the things that you're investing your time and your energy in is an opportunity to bring good in some way, shape, or form into all these spaces. This is why missions trips are so much fun. I couldn't talk you into doing that 99% of the time right here. But somehow we can convince you to spend $1,000 to go and do it somewhere else. And you leave that moment, and I guarantee you, this has never failed us in any of the, the missions environments that we've gone in. We could leave that moment, and if I asked you in that moment, hey, do you want to do this again? The answer is, sign me up right now. Richard, every year. We're driving back from Mexico, and he's like, hey, when's it going to open up so I can sign up for next year? Why? Because he's eager to throw $1,000 out the window? No. Because there's something that happens in us when we gather together around our purpose in God, and we serve one another, and we serve the people around us, and we pour ourselves out so much so that by the end of the day, we are exhausted, can barely make it to a shower, but we are ready to do it the next day. Why? Because there's something so beautiful about entering into what God created us to do and to be. Work is a good thing. We live in a fallen world, and much of people's energy is not put into work that produces, listen, good. We put a lot of energy and we expend a lot of time on ourselves. I can prove it to you. If we as a church put on a concert with great food, cool venue, relaxing environment, we would have an amazing turnout at that event. On the other hand, if we say, hey, we're going to gather together and clean up the neighborhood here around the church, we'll have about a third of us show up for those events. Now, please, don't. this is not a guilt thing onto your life. Don't, don't hear that from me. This is just a reality of what it is like when we are engaging and combating the world that is around us, that is constantly giving us the narrative of you, 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 you. And the kingdom of God is so, so different. The kingdom of God is all about entering in with God to bring the good that He's put into your life and to bring it into the environments that He's bringing you to every day. When we do things in our community to love and serve our community, it is not like a punishment for our church. It is probably the most the times that we are most representing Jesus Christ in the world that we live in the best. And yet, oftentimes, they're the poorest attended. And the reason is, is because of our perspective. And this is what we're asking the Holy Spirit to do in us as we navigate through this book that we're in together. God, would you change the way that I think about why I'm here on this planet? God, would you change the culture of River Valley? Yeah, but Tim, I just don't have a lot to bring to those work days. Just bring you. Just bring you. Bring encouragement. Come drive a truck. Do anything. Hand out water. Smile. Pray. You bring something to those moments. You have an opportunity to bring the good that God has put inside of you into those spaces. Tim, it's just so much more convenient not to come to church that Sunday. Believe me, I understand that. But if you want to engage in the purpose that God created you for, then you're going to learn how to engage in the work of bringing good into every environment and space that you're in. And can I just tell you, it makes your days way more fun. When you get up in the morning having to go earn a paycheck at a job, I'm just going to tell you right now, and pastor shouldn't say this, but I'm going, it sucks. That's boring. That's a horrible way to spend your life. In fact, 
at the end of your day, you come home, and the question is in your mind, why did I even, why am I going to work today? What, what, what was that all about? But when you have the perspective of the kingdom and you get up out of bed every morning and you go, God, what good do you want me to bring to my workplace today? God, I can't stand those people. They're jer- I just, I don't like my boss, blah, blah, blah. Like we can come up with a laundry list of things, right? But if we change our perspective and say, God, I'm partnering with you and my design today, you put human beings on this earth to bring good into every environment. God, what do you want to bring good through me today? Can I just tell you, your workplace takes on a whole new demeanor. Students, your school looks very different when you're not just going to get a report card or to try to graduate. But when you go with the purpose of God in your heart to say, God, what good can I bring to this campus today? You see, when we have our perspective shifted, when we invite the Holy Spirit to come and give us this little thing called metanoia, which is transforming the way that we think about the way that we think, It gives us an opportunity to value the things that God values and to engage in the things that God is at work doing. If you feel frustrated in your work environment, can I just help you this morning? God set you there to bring good into that space. And if you're frustrated with the environment, it may be because you're not doing what you were created to do. You hear this morning? God was so intentional about His design with humanity. He was so intentional about making us different than everything that's around us. And the mission that He put you and I on is different than the mission that is going on out in our world today. That is what allows us to be what Jesus said, the light of the world. Let your good works shine that others would see you and glorify your Father. Church, we got some stuff to do. We got a God that is at work. Tim, the world's crazy and there's all kinds of bad. Yep, so we get to go bring good. Come on. If all you can talk about is the bad in the world, then you have the best assignment in the world because good is in you to be brought into all those moments, all those spaces, changing people's lives. I want to finish with this today. Why are people on earth? Here is why. To live as those redeemed by the grace of God devoting our lives, the moments and hours of our day to the good of others and of the creation that God has given us stewardship of to bring glory to God. Amen? I want you to pray with me this morning, and here's what I'm inviting us to. Because I've had enough conversations with enough human beings to know that this is not our default. We do not look at work and go, Thank you, God. We don't. We've adopted the mindset of the culture that we're in. This is one of the things the Lord had to work with the children of Israel. They had adopted the mindset of Egypt. And I, and I, and I want to invite us this morning as a church community, and maybe you're sitting there going, no, 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 I have, I have good perspective on this. Awesome. Wonderful. Now go live it out. Go live it out. There's probably a few of us here that are wrestling this morning with vocation, with being a parent, with all of the spaces of life that we have an opportunity to bring good into, and we need the Lord to come in and transform our minds a little bit. Can I just tell you, that's the business of what the Lord loves doing in our lives, is helping us to gain some perspective. And so I'm going to lead us this morning into a space of prayer, and the first thing I'm going to do is repent.
And I want you to join me in that if you would. Just saying, God, if there's anything inside of my heart, my attitude, the way that I communicate, and the way that I'm living my life that is not in alignment with your design for me to bring good into every space, God, would you forgive me of that today? That's our first step for the Lord always. Lord, we just, or we're repenting before you. And you know what the beauty of it is? In that moment, the blood of Jesus is applied to our lives and we get to live as new creations into a new space with you. Now, I'm just going to invite him to come and awaken our hearts with the spaces around us that he is calling each of you to bring goodness to through your life. I can't come hang out where you hang out. I don't get to interact with the people that you interact. God put you there and created you specifically to bring good into those moments. We pray with me this morning. Father, we thank you so much for the beauty of your word, God, that enlightens us, it opens our eyes. But God, this morning, we don't want to just simply be those who hear your word, God. We want to be those that live it out with our lives. And Lord, I just acknowledge this morning, Lord, that in too many areas of my life, Lord, I have not lived in the purpose that you created me for. Lord, it's been easier for me to complain than it was to bring goodness that you designed me to bring. And Lord, I just repent before you today, Lord, and I ask that you would forgive me, God, Lord, for not living in the purpose that you designed me for. And Lord, today, God, I just bring my life to you, and I just lay it at your feet, and I say, Lord, would you teach me how to get up every day of my life, God, and to live with the purpose that you designed humanity for, to bring goodness into this world that you created, God. Lord, to partner with you, God, and to be an ambassador of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that in my life and in this church, Lord, our family, church family together, Lord, that you would open our eyes up to see, God, the beauty of living life on purpose and on mission. And Lord, that we would live in, God, Lord, the design that you gave us, Lord, to be those who do good works, God, to bring glory to your name. Lord, we just recognize today we need your help to do that, God. I need your help to do that. So, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and to have your way in us, God. Lord, whatever needs to be shifted or adjusted, whatever attitude correction needs to happen inside of me, Lord, I just invite you, Lord, to come and do that in me. And Lord, would you give me right perspective on the work that you've called me to? Lord, that I would do it joyfully. And Lord, that I would do it from a place, God, of seeing your name glorified in all that I do and say. God, I pray that over this church family, those that are watching online. God, as we jump into this week that's ahead of us, Lord, Lord, that we would live our lives in such a way that you receive the glory and honor and good comes to the world around us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to this message from River Valley Church. Do you know someone who would be encouraged by it? Make sure to share it with them this week. Again, for more content from us, please check out our website at rivervalleyboise.com.